What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic D Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. Today, I'm going to talk to Susan Fox from Gaga's Garden to talk about ways that you can attract pollinators to your garden. For those of you that know Susan, she is one of my favorite favorite, favorite, favorite guests. She is an award-winning rosarian, and I can't say it enough, she is one of the most enjoyable people to talk to, not only about roses, but about pretty much everything. And her nickname is Gaga, and let me tell you something, everybody needs to have a Gaga in their life, because Susan is the ultimate. When I first met Susan, all I thought to myself was, I need to adopt this woman because she is the grandmother I never had. And so I'd like to welcome to the show Susan Fox. Hello, Susan. Hi, June. It's always so delightful to talk to you, and I just can't wait to talk to you about one of our favorite subjects, and that's pollinators. Say, how are you, June? I am fabulous, and thank you for asking. Now, recently... I received a special birthday card from you, and it was one of the most beautiful cards that featured a bumblebee on a rose. We could talk about roses forever, but we need to spend a couple minutes talking about roses. How did you manage to grow such beautiful roses without chemicals? June, as as you know, hybrid roses um, are since... 1938 roses as they were um, progressing and the hybridizers have listened to people and the new roses that are being developed are getting better and better and they know that people want to grow roses that are chemical free and just remember roses were around centuries before the chemicals of today so as um, the chemical makers came along, I think that it was more of a marketing premise that, oh, you need these chemicals to grow beautiful roses, not the other way around. Roses were doing just fine before chemical and um, the companies came along and said, oh, well, you better buy these chemicals or your roses won't do so well. So you see, long after mankind may have taken and done a lot of harm to the planet with their chemicals, I think roses will be doing great. So 
Now, though, hybridizers have been working on these gorgeous roses that are disease-resistant, and they bloom uh, year-round, and they are fragrant, everything you want in a rose. So, and they are pollinator attractants. So that's what I'm growing, and that's what most people want in their garden. Susan, if you are concerned about any pests that are going to eat the, the petals, what do you recommend that people do? I mean, I tell people, just take the hose and spray the roses and just try to use the water to knock them off. What else can you do? Do you know, June, if, if people realize how many pests are, I mean, you just mentioned one of my favorite means for insects. You know, right in the beginning of the season, you know, people go out and they say, oh, my goodness, look at this, aphids. Well, aphids just wash away. Most of the pests that you see in the garden can be washed away, spider mites. Because, you know, other than the, the common diseases that you see, like black spots, you know, there's fungus in the air. So when it's damp, you have funguses that can get after your plants. But after that, when heat comes, the heat comes along, and what do you get? You, you may get spider mites. Spider mites wash off. So, yes, water resolves most all of the issues. But if you're going to, there are now so many organic methods. You don't have to use sprays. There are, I don't, there are many, many organic methods, uh, like baking soda is one that, uh, method with water that people use. There are just um, some people use like a soapy water, uh, like, like right now. There are Japanese beetles in a lot of the country that are invading. And Japanese beetles, you don't want to smush them. Uh, I had such an unusual experience today because Japanese beetles emit a pheromone and they that actually attracts them. So you want to drown them in soapy water. So I'm just saying soapy water is, is another uh, method that you can use. So and they, there are just organic methods abound. So look for that solution. Save the good bugs. Keep your garden in balance. One of the things that I've done is I've actually taken an old spray bottle, filled it up with very um, not necessarily diluted dish detergent, but mm -hmm. pretty strong, and just sprayed the plant manually and then sprayed it with water, and that usually does the trick. You don't need to go overboard. I found that with some plants, especially if I don't necessarily want to get the whole area saturated, you could just do it that way. It's a little bit, I mean, it depends upon how many plants you have that you're treating, but um, if you have certain sections of your garden that you want to treat, it, it's better to contain it in that, you know, in that way. Absolutely. But June, I just have to take a minute to tell you that uh, it is the... If you ever doubted that Japanese beetles do emit a pheromone, I had the strangest experience today. We were, uh, my daughter-in-law was going around the garden and tapping gently with uh, my two little granddaughters, tapping the Japanese beetles off of her um, magnolia trees. They were on eating the seed pods off the of magnolia trees today. And so she had collected a cup of them. She didn't kill them. She was just putting in a cup. So then a little later, we went to the park. I went to the park with the girls. And, and I had never seen this happen in my life. Japanese beetles were swarming the girls. And all they had done was collect the Japanese beetles. And I thought maybe it was the color of their shirt. 
And now I am convinced that it was the pheromones that the Japanese beetles had emitted in the alarm of being collected. I saw it. I witnessed it. So I'm just saying, be very careful when you're around those Japanese beetles about um, she collected them. They were like in, encapsulated in a closed space. So be careful. Those bugs emit that um, pheromone that attracts more because I was with those kids and I saw that these Japanese beetles were more and more were coming. So just be careful around a certain kind of pests because they will just attract more. So isn't that wild? That is. I actually try not to kill even the predators. Um, if anything, I'll let nature do its thing. So what I prefer to do is just put up more bird seed and attract more birds. I've uh, never, do you know, I don't know any bird that eats a Japanese beetle. If I, I, if I found one, I, I mean, they're just, they're very, they are really not a good pest. I, I don't know anything that eats them. If anybody knows, please let you know. I would think that opossums would. You think so? I know I have an albino opossum out back, and it's kind of cool to watch it. It comes out um, in the early evening, and it doesn't walk a straight line. Mm-hmm. It kind of zigzags, and it moves its snout like it's almost like it's sweeping yeah. as it's walking. It's like a vacuum, and I would love to be able to videotape in slow motion everything that the opossum is doing, but it's it's really a fascinating animal. The first time that I saw it, it, it scared the heck out of me. I was just like, oh, my God, what is that? It it looks really kind of like an ugly, overgrown rat. But I remember at this sanctuary, someplace out on the eastern end of Long Island, there was this, this sanctuary that I came across by accident, and... Um, I remember she, th- there was a girl there who was a caretaker, and she had an opossum. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her, and I said, you know, what are you doing with that animal? And she said, oh, and she she told me about its habitat. She told me a lot of very interesting things, and she said they're very beneficial. They eat the things that we don't want around, and they especially eat fleas and ticks, which are critical. Oh, my goodness. And from wonderful. what I understand, there are a lot of ticks invading all over. So um, let's let's try to be kind to our necessary predators that will naturally eliminate these types of uh, insects and whatnot. But in any event, getting back to attracting pollinators, what are some of your favorite plants that you have in your garden? Well, you know, I love lantana, and it really does attract a lot of uh, pollinators. And, you know, a a lot of people don't think of it first, but roses do attract pollinators. And you saw that with Kimberlina. And there are certain roses that attract more pollinators than others. And I've noticed that some of the bright colors, but it's always a certain few roses that attract more bees. And and do you want me to name a couple of them? I mean, if you want to have roses. But Kimberlina is one of them. It's always covered in bees. And I've got videos up of it on Instagram where you can see um, Kimberlina and Jackson Perkins posted Kimberlina uh, because it's just such a spectacular bush and a video of it. And 4th of July is one of the most, with 4th of July coming up, if you're looking for a climber, it is the most spectacular climber. And it, it's aptly named because it looks like a fireworks of color and it attracts bees. Uh, a yellow that attracts bees is sun flare. And, you know, it's an old 
rose. It's a lavender named heirloom. And, you know, I couldn't find it anywhere, but I found it. And it's black cherry. It's just divine. It's a rose that I had in Texas, and I finally found it. And um, I have that now, too. And, again, I, I found it at Jackson Perkins because I couldn't find it anywhere. And I had it in Texas, and I just absolutely loved it. But ro- those are the roses that you could can plant and then I plant around it everywhere that I can. I do just love um I love lavender, but I want to tell everybody don't if you're gonna plant lavender, if if you have a pool, if people I don't know why people are afraid of bees because just think June, all the time I've been outside, all the time. I've only been stung once. It, it was by a wasp that I ran into. So I'm just telling you Never been stung by a bee, never, and knock on wood. So, but if you have people or kids that think, you know, are afraid, I wouldn't put a bunch of lavender around a swimming pool or something because it just brings bees like crazy. And a butterfly bush, you know, you sometimes you see things named butterfly bush and you think, well, that couldn't possibly attract butterflies. It covers. It's just oh, it does. It's covered. When I picked it out at the at the garden center, the whole area that had the butterfly bushes, it was absolutely the whole area. It works, folks. Butterfly bushes don't don't they're just amazing. So butterfly bushes. Now I'm going to talk about some plants that most people would not think to plant. Most people mm-hmm. would pull out. The number one plant that I discovered this year, which is attracting a lot of ladybugs is the notorious mugwort. Really? Mugwort is invasive. I, I cannot believe how many ladybugs it's attracting. Mm-hmm. They're crawling all over the mugwort. Normally, I rip yeah. it out. And this year, I could not believe how many ladybugs I saw. I, I've taken pictures and posted them on social media on the mugwort. So I think this year, I'm going to leave the mugwort. Oh, how great. Another favorite, yeah, another favorite is dandelions. Dandelions, I love dandelions. I I eat them. Uh, You can take the flowers and you can dry them. You can make a tea out of them. They really cleanse your system better than cranberries. They also unblock anything that's blocked in your system. You can also Mm -hmm. eat the greens. The greens are absolutely delicious if you blanch them or even raw in a salad Mm -hmm. or in a smoothie. So dandelions is another I also recommend that you grow a variety of different perennial herbs, like yes. sage, uh, thyme. There's so many different, uh, even oregano. Oregano. Yeah. oregano does tend to be invasive, but they do attract mm-hmm. the bees. Well, and, you know, another one real obvious that uh, a that friend of mine that I posted so many pictures that practically went viral of her, uh, the, the teacher's dream gardening shed, and she gave me bee balm. Do you have that, June? Because it yes. is just, it attracts bees, and it um, propagates just like crazy. So be sure that you've got plenty of room where you put it. And it just grows everywhere, and it's beautiful. It's a shaggy flower that's just gorgeous. You will love it if you don't have it. And I have sun, sunflowers. Don't forget sunflowers. Yes, sunflowers are tremendous, but you do need to have a very sunny location for sunflowers to grow. But mm-hmm. for people that kind of, you know, they're, they don't necessarily have the ideal location, remember, clover is something that bees, especially honeybees, love. 
And another another herb actually that I see all over the place lately is salvia. And oh, salvia I was just going to say, great. yeah, folks, I did a video. I did put it up on Twitter and on Facebook. The salvia this morning. Uh, I'm visiting in Virginia, and it's covered in bees. And I put it up just because it had so many bees, and I know you will love that, Jean. It's bees all over it, okay? It, but I, it's just everywhere. And salvia is beautiful. And it's perennial. Mm-hmm. Now, lastly, I want to talk about another subject that most people don't really pay attention to, and that's water. Water mm-hmm. is something that the bees do need to drink, as well as birds, butterflies, and other pollinators. So what I do, and Susan, you could share with the listeners what you do in a moment, but what I do is I have several bird baths that are on my land, and I have little pieces of of either rocks or wood that are placed strategically so that they can either use it as a landing strip or stand on it so that they don't wind up drowning. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Well, I have... As you probably see in several pictures, I have several bird baths, but I had a good friend who loved to feed raccoons and other various little critters. And she said, be sure to position your bird baths on the ground. So I have several feeders that are on the ground and I just make sure that I've got water station, watering stations all around. And I do see the bees stopping and also, I just want to let you know, because they seem to really like margaritas, because they, they often, when I'm out, and if I have a margarita, they will hop in, and then my husband has to save them and fish them out. So That's because just a it's, happy hour. <laughs> it's happy hour wherever you're at. Susan, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been wonderful just just sharing the things that you do in your garden with our listeners, and I look forward to having you back actually very soon. Thank you so much, June. I always love talking with you. You're just a wonderful person that can always keep up a lively conversation. Thank you, Susan. And folks, please check out the companion article, which will feature some of both of our pictures of what we do in our gardens. And the article will appear on theorganicview.com. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.